Hello footies and welcome back to Foot in Review. We are the number one independent EAFC podcast bringing you two shows a week available on all podcast services around the globe. Of course, including now Amazon Music. And as we said this week, please, you can now say your assistant's name and say play Foot in Review. And it actually worked, but if we say the name, we might just wake everyone up in your house, so we're not going to do that live on this show. Also, if um, you want to see our beautiful faces, then have a look at a fully produced video show on YouTube and Spotify. And of course, if you can spare a few bucks, then join our loyalty program and get some free merchandise while at it and keeping this show afford. Go visit patreon.com forward slash foot in review or foot in and join our super close community and get an invite to our Discord server with that. Also, of course, this couldn't be made possible without our Skybox owners, Paul, Amar, Archum, Mario, and Peter. Getting the housekeeping out of the way, it's time to start today's show. And of course, today we are recording episode 543. My name is John, and on this show, well, we talk a little bit more preseason. We got some sending questions, and I want to tell an old man's story. But before I do that, let's start with introducing my co-host. It's the man with the hat, the man that wanted to record a podcast but actually forgot his microphone. It's none other than Chris, Grandpapa, Mac, Macintosh. Hi, Chris. Hey, mate. Now, when I hear that new intro about Amazon, I am desperate to shout Play food yeah you can you shout out loud but it just makes me uh i gotta edit it good thing though <laughs> as dutchies we don't have that so we can but bit of luck uh our apple friend will will listen to us so that's about all the assistants actually work in dutch so it wouldn't matter too much for me but it's cool though i've seen it i've seen people up and if you have of course uh the amazon assistant uh, send us a little clip with where you activate the podcast by saying it assist. I think that's uh, pretty cool, and I wanted to see that experience that in real life. Chris, um, you wanted to record a podcast but forgot about your microphone. What happened there? <laughs> well, every time I come on the on the studio, John always says he can't hear me, and I've I've kind of got wise to that now. And he's like, I can't hear you, Chris. I can't hear you, Chris. And I'm like, No, you can hear me, John. I can definitely can hear me. And then we realized that I hadn't attached the microphone to my uh, headphones. So, yeah, it was this time that I was talking to nothing at the moment. Yeah, well, I talked to nothing a lot, but uh, I know that feeling. <laughs> you doing all right? Eager for the new game? Yes, I am so looking forward to the new game. But I am, I am on a quest at the moment to try and get a 99-rated squad. I'm currently on 98, and I keep checking the content every night, desperate for another 99-player. Um, not going to change my gameplay too much and it's not going to make me any better I still played weekend league yesterday and got my 90 11 wins got 10 unfortunately the cat gets the blame she knocked the, the, the cable out of the, the PlayStation um, for the last game but uh, no desperately trying to get a 99 rated squad loving the new cards I'll be honest with you and I'm enjoying the game and looking forward to 24 This is your first time actually not taking a break before starting the new game or? I took a break uh, when Diablo came out. I mean, you and I talk about it all the time when we played Diablo. Um, we had a good break there when we played Diablo and I had a, must have been about a, at least a month break from the game. And I'm now going to probably play on straight till the new game comes out. So I'm one of these people who've decided not to take a break, took a break a little bit earlier uh, and I'm loving the new content, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it's pretty cool though. It almost makes me want to come back, but I explained this Friday why I am well, freighting myself for not playing. Also, my throat is a little sore, so if I sound a bit nasal, I'm sorry. Um, but it would be weird to let you do it as one man so today as well. No. Chris, I want to tell you an old man's story, though. Go for it, mate. This morning, I went to the gym. So I walk on <laughs> to the park, and there's two uh, teenage boys, I guess, sitting on the, on the bench before the gym. And while passing them, I look at what they're doing, and they're actually on the companion app. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see all kinds of <laughs> pinkish cards. I'm like, hey guys, what are you doing? Like, yeah, this is uh, FIFA, sir. They called me sir, which like, <laughs> uh, the, they didn't call me sir because that would be weird, but it's like the equivalent of the Dutch sir. I'm like, oh, damn. 
like, shall we explain it to you? <laughs> what we're doing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I got 10 minutes. That's all right. So I'll sit next to them. What are you guys doing? Oh, this is called trading and we're doing SPCs and we're trying this. Okay, that's cool. I think I've heard about this game before. <laughs> so these guys were all into it. Also, they had a, one of them had a Nambope and a Messi, which was pretty impressive as well. I should have asked them to send them. But anyways, long story short, they talked about 10 minutes before I actually explained <laughs> what we do. <laughs> uh, and they'll probably be listening to the show. So hi, guys. Shout out to you guys <laughs> sitting in front of the gym um, playing FIFA on Copenhagen. So it, the game is definitely being played all over. Um, but yeah, it made me feel old because I need an explanation <laughs> without actually even being asked oh, what is going on. So yeah, Chris, not only gray hairs, but also FIFA explained by teenagers. It's it's getting out of hand. This is. But tremendous news. We've got two new listeners. So welcome to those guys. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the family. Check out patreon.com forward slash foot and review while we're at it. Oh, I will refrain from doing that too much today though. Um, Chris. A 98-rated left-back is not going to help you get your 99-rated team, but it does look cool. It does look cool. Jordi Alba, Barcelona legend. Um, so you can imagine my surprise when I go and then look at him and he actually plays in the MLS. <laughs> He's followed his good friend Messi there. Um, no, it's, it's, a great, it's a great card, and it's a very easy card to get. It's a fair play to, to, to EA for that one. Um, you have to do the crafting SBC 10 times, which is submit a gold, gold rated squad. No rating or anything like that on them. And the still out there is the premium silver upgrade and the premium bronze upgrade, which gets you 24 of each uh, for three cards. So that's an easy one to do. And then they still have the gold upgrade, which takes six bronze cards and five silver. Um, so really, there is no excuse, even if you're a FIFA coach, to not to get this Jordi Alba in your team. I, I can't play the game anymore. I actually deleted the game to stop myself from starting this game up and trying to play it. So there's no way I can actually start anymore. Yeah, it's a, it's a good fun card. It's, it's going it's to bring you a lot of fun. As I say, you, you know, if you've got the, the Messi out there, which our, our two friends probably had, um, is, is a good looking card. As I say, it's very easy to do. 10 completions over 12 days uh, as I look at it at the moment, 12 and a half days, actually. So you've got almost the best part of 13 days. You could do this in one night if, if you really wanted to, um, you know, knock yourself out. I mean, I know you talked about Kevin the last... Took 27 minutes to do it. Well, that's slow for him, you know. We'll need to get him post in... it, maybe. Maybe. We'll need to get him in yeah. training. Yeah, that's slow for him. I'm sure he'd done it a lot quicker than that. Just it took him that lot of time to get posted. I know you said, John, that... Uh, Chemistry doesn't matter. And guys like me, we, we love full chem. Nathan and I will always argue with that uh, you need chem. It's just the fact the team looks better with full chem. But this card, again, as you said, 97 rated. I don't see what chem's going to do for him. Um, so, no, a great card and a good fun one to, to do. Uh, like if you have the 99 Ronaldo, like it does matter that he's on zero chem, right? It's, okay. it's, it's just nice, John. Yeah. It's all small percentages. And when you're a player like me who needs every single small no, percentage. No, 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 no. You need that extra 99 rated uh, defensiveness on Ronaldo. There. I did use the 99 Pele, the English squad, two weeks mm -hmm. ago, three weeks ago. I was a pretty cool card. So, yeah. I guessed. Uh -huh. It's a card that you don't see an awful lot of. The 99. I know it's so rare to do in Pele. Mm -hmm. We've spoke about. We've done our summer series, and he's factored in a couple of a couple of teams. And it's always been a card that for me, you know, he's one of the best. He's maybe the top three players ever that's existed. And I know he, he suffers a bit from recency bias as well. But Pele in his time was an absolute god, and uh, it would be nice, you know. I'm, I'm hoping that EA maybe stick him in an SBC or even R9 like that, and just let's go out with the, the game we are buying. Yeah, probably R9 in the last week. And got Henry, though. Forgot to mention him, but... Yeah, I've done him, done him. I missed out on the Rice, the Declan Rice one. Declan Rice did his own card. Uh, so he was desperate to score yesterday. You can see the way he celebrated that uh, extra time winner. Uh, I know that Jesus scored against in the Man United game. Sorry to the Man United fans in our Discord. Uh, but Rice had done his own cards yesterday. He's 99 rated now. Uh, so if you really want to get a 99 rated squad. And uh, we've also got uh, Captain America... Christian Pulisic and uh, Musa as well, who is an American that plays both play for uh, AC Milan. So our good friend well, play, Alex play, play a good friend Alex there They're in the roster. 
Well, there you go. This is UV bias for you coming out. It didn't take very long. A couple of minutes into the recording. Our good friend Alex Lexner, he will be delighted. I'm sure he's done those two cards. Again, fairly cheap. With 85 plus 10 at the moment, it's out there. You can pick these cards up. And ideal as well if you want to, you know, play with the and try and get the packs for the next game with the Serie A as well. Uh, so if you need to build a Serie A team, those are a couple of good cards to, to be included. Definitely. Talk about building a Serie A team. Um, like there is, it's still pre-season. There's plenty of talk about, but there's not like actual live content to discuss in depth. I think more than hey, these cards are cool and really nice price. You talked about having a Serie A team. Do you already have a plan in mind for the new game? How do you want to start off? Do you, well, shoot? How do you? How, how are you going to start off? So first and foremost, I'm going to be upfront and honest. I have the ultimate edition, so that's going to be my uh, starting point. Is the ultimate edition, and as you said, you get that week's extra access. Now, I realize it's a, a lot of expense uh, for some people, and it may be too much. So, I, I've got that for me when I start the first week. It's really about trading for me because, and even going into the game, I'm more about trading than I'm about squad building because this sets me up for the, the rest of the, the kind of first part, the first season of the game. You know, and people go, Well, what do you buy? Do you buy players? You'd be surprised what uh, cosmetic items, how popular they are. You know, the likes of your Man United strips, your Liverpool strips, Real Madrid, Barcelona, the big teams. Uh, they, these strips go for quite a lot of money. But if you think about it, and uh, John's going to make a face here when I mention it, but you've got a team like Feyenoord, who've got a, quite a loyal follow, following, and Ajax as well. Um, so those strips, those fans are desperate for those strips, and they're the ones that you can potentially pick up fairly cheap and make a decent, a decent profit on. Um, our good friend Nurizic, he he was like a DIY DIY store. The amount of paint that he sold when they first came out with stadium paint, you know, he had a house full of stadium paint and his, and he made an absolute fortune. So there's stuff like that that you can actually people who are listening probably think, well, I don't want to go and buy players or some. Try and pick these cards up at discard. Um, you know, if there's a, a good looking ball, I think the Prem ball from two seasons ago was an, a lovely looking night ball. You could actually make a lot of money of that. Hard to find sometimes. But if you do your homework, think about big teams and small leagues with a loyal fan base, try and pick up their strips. Yeah, you've got about Rangers in that same sentence. Tell me you talk about big team and small leagues. Well, we got beat yesterday. I don't want to mention that. You've seen my face. I'm trying to get over that, John. We got absolutely yeah. gubbed. Well, as I say, we got gubbed yesterday. We played the worst Celtic team that's going to probably face this season and we still got beat 1-0. So, yeah, let's we'll, we'll show you how it's done when we play Celtic in a couple of weeks. It's, well, if they don't get the players back, I think you'll take a lot off them. But if they do get the players back, especially at Parkhead, it will be a hard game. But I'd see that your team, was it a good result at the weekend there? Yeah, I won five and six won last week. So we're getting yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, I think you've got a Newcastle player on loan. Is that right? Um, yeah, but he got... just got subbed in five minutes before and he's not even my team, so. You know, but uh, that will be that. You and I will be on the same team that time when uh, when you play when you play Celtic. But yeah, so from that point of view, that's what I start with, John. I start with trading. I, I agree, though. I I wanted to like. I never spent anything. Yeah, I don't care about cosmetics. I don't care about paint. I don't care about sta stadiums, especially since the cup isn't even in FIFA or in the AFC, right? Um, but there's one thing I always do. I always have to spend five thousand coins <laughs> on buying a UFA kit and a Feyenoord kit. Uh -huh. That's the first two things I do in the new game, in every single game. I get those two kits and then get those kits done. And the rest I'll, I don't care about yet, but those two kits have to be uh -huh. in my thing. Last year I was lucky enough to actually get the final kit in the starter one. Right? Mm -hmm. And it took me a whole lot of courage not to sell that because <laughs> I think it's definitely... But yeah, 5K, it's easy to sell right first week. Yeah, the kits and the logo. The logo is something else I always... Yeah. Uh, I would I would just say to people, if you're not sure, buy a few, list them for a, a fairly decent profit, and then just keep dropping the price down if you want. If not, just keep listing and listing, and eventually you'll find that they'll go, and you'll make yourself a decent coin balance uh, f from there. In terms of the team, uh, it's... Um, the most exciting time, isn't it? It's like Christmas Day when you first get the new FIFA opened. This year, I'm not spending any more FIFA points. I'll get the FIFA points with the Ultimate Edition, but that'll be me. I, I, I'm done this year. I total RTG, and that's just a personal choice. If you want to spend money on FIFA points, you knock yourself out. You enjoy yourself. You can afford that. For me, I just want to... I, I would love to start like a... I always like to do like a Serie A team or a Bundes team. I try to stay away from the meta as, as much as possible. 
Um, I know we get to choose a nation. I normally go French because the French team is. <laughs> I try French. to stay away from the meta, and then he goes French. <laughs> yeah, but you're unlikely to see an Mbappe. I think it's just more for Kem John. I'm a I'm a Kem junkie. I need Kem as quick as possible uh, in, in my team uh, for there. So yeah, I try and do that. I, I try and pick players. A player who I always like, if I always can, I can get him is the Lewandowski card. I bought his one to watch at the start of the start of the game, and uh, he banged in a few goals. I know that he's struggling a little bit at the moment. Um, but that, that's the kind of player I look for. Look for something that suits your style of play as well. I don't know if the game's, if you've noticed the game has changed dramatically, John. Nah, like, I can talk about it because hey, I didn't even get a beta. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but um, I played the beta, let's put it like that. Um, nah, it's all right. Dribbling is different. It will feel a little bit different. Combination of passes feel different. Um, I think tackling is better. Defending is better. Goalkeepers are way better. They actually hold a ball now when you kick a ball low, for example. Um, no, and I, like I, I am very happy with what I'm currently experiencing. Like that. No, that's that's for me, John. Is I was like a big player up front, like a big striker up front, which I think in game at the start of the game you can hold the ball up if crossing comes in as well and head. With the new play styles might make a difference as well. You can now tune that a little bit more. I think more players are viable than that. Yeah, so that's what I would suggest is people stay away from the meta if they can. If you pack an Mbappe, a Neymar, a Ronaldo, or even a Benzema, crack on. Congratulations to you guys. But let's be honest, most of us won't do that. It'll be the, the Kyle Walker that will base our team around or something like that. So, yeah, that's what I do. I look forward to this start of the game, but uh, I try and stick to a certain league because I love Kem. Yeah, well, um, I, I, I am pretty flexible. Honestly, uh, um, I have not decided yet if I spent or how much I spent. Um, of course, ours is a little bit different because it's our livelihood, right? So I've, I'll probably spend, um, but not much. Like, yeah, well, it's all relative anyways, but like 36k sounds like a reasonable amount of FIFA point to actually get this game going, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I don't know, that can be experiences a lot of money anyway, so... I think that's probably it, 24, 36, somewhere around that. Uh, I'll spend half a month on packs, just opening city packs, but you get those four. Or like you said, you get a Man United kit, and like, oh, that's 5K, which is pretty nice. Maybe 2, 3K, but that, that makes itself back. Um, and I kind of let it see where we, where we land. If you pack something cool, okay, that's probably the way I'm starting the game off with. Uh, but my first priority is probably to get an Mbappé or an Haaland in the team. One good striker is definitely going to make a difference at the start game. Um, I think with learning the basics, defending, you don't necessarily need a Virgil of Dijk to stay afloat. Um, But if you have that striker that doesn't miss two chances, it makes a big difference to start off with. So my first priority is always going to be get as good as a striker as I can possibly get, even if I, well, have to start with 10 non-informed, non-rare goals and one Mbappe, I'll I'll go for that option because I think it's easier for me to, to cram my way up there with one strike on top. So that's my priority. Uh, uh, but I, I have no way of knowing how the market will go this year. Mm. We have no way of knowing what the competition will be like. I have I've actually no idea. Um, I really want to go more two versus two. Like I said, from Friday's show, I really want to focus a little bit more on co-op. Not only because last year, the pros tournaments on E-Nations, which were two versus two, is a amazing dynamic between the players. But it's also like we played Diablo together. It's just way more fun to play together. Now we can play cross-play together. I can see us two just playing cross-play co-op, right? Um, so we'll, we'll see probably there. But... What I will always do is I will set one formation and that will be my formation for like two weeks straight, not changing anything because, and I don't know if I said this before, but one thing I'll always do is that, like I said, make one formation because if you want to learn something, you have to make sure as little as possible changes when learning stuff, right? So if you learn to drive, you take one car on Monday and then you take a different car on Tuesday and a different car on Wednesday, it's a little bit harder than driving, learning to drive in the same car. Um, that's why I keep one formation, which I'm 99% sure currently that's probably going to be four, two, three, one narrow. Uh, 
stick with the team. Of course, get a new player in, replace that player, but I'm not going to replace the whole team, for example. Those first two weeks is all about playing, making sure I understand the game, making sure I got a weekend league ready team. Because I don't play weekend league often, but I do in the first like two weeks it has opened because I get a good feeling for competition. I get a good feeling if there are any exploits being used. If I didn't know already, I, you see them in the first two weeks of Wicked League, you see things being exploited, right? Mm-hmm. And like, hey, that goal happened for me. This, this is the seventh time I considered one of these shots. Hmm, there might be something there. Um, and then I'll, st- then I'll start reevaluating everything after like three weeks in the game, I think. After the second week of League is normally when I say, okay, scratch the team, think about formation. I think I'm not pretty much where it's also where we open up the coaching usually second, third week mm. uh, and just go at it. But yeah, as I'd say change as little as possible to learn everything new in the game. And I think the dribbling um, is not even the biggest change. I think the biggest change is the passing. The amount of control you can now have over the passes you take and the way the button changes. Uh, so, uh, so it's all one uh, two ball. isn't all one two ball anymore, for example. Uh, it needs all one in a shoot. Thing. that sort of stuff really needs to retune those that muscle memory for you mm-hmm. and I think if you change everything else and only based your feeling for the game on the results you're getting and only try to change players or just only try to trade yes it will give you a head start but on gameplay wise this is the best period to learn because everyone's still learning mm-hmm. so yeah I was just going to add to John your talk about the past and I was going to just add a quick tip to people at the moment is um, I was always a person who hated the second icon shown when you're switching players. Um, John was oh, always... Oh, seriously? Never heard you talk about that before. No, absolutely hated it with a passion. And I decided uh, before I took my break, I was going to take... I took a couple of weeks and said, no matter what happens, I'm going to learn how to do this. Um, and I actually play with it now. Uh, even someone at my age has managed to learn how to use the, the second icon shown and switching players. And I would say to people, is at the moment, if you're thinking about trying it you don't normally use it it does make a huge difference to your gameplay this is maybe the time in fifa 23 to do it because what does it matter what your results are if you lose six nil because you're trying something this is maybe an ideal time to actually train yourself uh, going forward uh, with that as well or i know the passing slightly different but that's just something when you're mentioning that there john i'm just stuck in my mind actually if you wanted to do it now is the ideal time to try something maybe i don't have green time shooting at the moment is is the same but if it is, maybe it's another thing as well. We've had Marius on saying that he'd trained himself out to do green timing. So if you don't do it at the moment, maybe do this now in FIFA 23, get yourself some uh, some experience of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, although I do think it's not bad to have a little break in between. We know we spoke about this all. Mm. Like uh, It's the main topic on the Discord as well, I think, lately, Chris. Do you take a break or don't you take a break? Uh, I do think... To each his own, of course, mm-hmm. right? Um, but making a clean break, even if it's just like even if it's five days or something, is what I always recommend to pros. Don't play it a lot, like until the last week. Take at least one week where you're not touching the controller, where everything feels fresh when you start. Because I am really starting to look forward to starting the game again. And I'm really itching to pick up a controller and start to play FIFA or AFC in this case. But I'm not. Uh, and I think that delayed satisfaction in that is actually going to make my start feel because I like I when the game is out September 22 in the pre-release, right? Those are going to be days where I'm like playing 14, 15 hours a day, uh, which is oh, it sounds like playing a game is probably have to make notes. We talk to coaches, we see if, what we can change, how it goes, stuff like that. Make content about it, of course. Uh, pretty long working days. But now I'm I'm already like, okay, really looking forward to getting things started again. And if we don't take the break, that's not going to be easy for us to maintain, I think. I was going to ask as well, John, just on your talking there about exploits, and it's maybe a hard thing to, for you to advise, but should people learn the exploits or just learn the basics of the new game without trying to find the, the, the meta way to score goals, you know, overpowered power shots or, you know, what was it? Uh, I think finesse shots outside the box at one time because EA are going to turn that down really quickly. So are you better learning the game from the from the ground up, or do you just go straight for the exploits? 
Yeah, so I'm going to give a little bit of an unpopular opinion, or probably not the uh, opinion you were probably expecting from me. Um, but like basics are important, right? You need to learn the game, you need to learn basics that we train on. So that's why in coaching sessions and in our analysis and our programs, we don't really pay focus on what's hot right now, but how we can make you a better player in the long term. However, if there's one shot like the financial used to be, for example, or there's a certain way of scoring that is over, that is plainly overpowered, then I would be the last person to say, try not to use that. And often these things are very easy to learn next to working on the basics. Uh, and I, uh, I, I do it myself. If I know after a couple of days and I have a pretty good feeling about the new Glenn's put like that, this is going to be really strong. I am going to use it. I'm not going to be like, I'm not using this because I'm on my high horse or something. Now I am just going to make sure I get the most out of it because you say, you say it's correct. You are definitely getting nerfed and changed very quickly. And I think the one topic I'm thinking about will get changed before the game actually hits. So it's not really worth discussing, but it's, um, basics are the most important in the long term of FIFA or playing. That's why we do the nose in programs. But if you see a tactic or you see a way of scoring or you see a certain move, yeah, just I, I would always say just use it while it's there because it gets removed pretty quickly, especially in a new game very, very early on. And everyone else is doing it as well. So why would you suffer from, from not trying it? No, I, I, I appreciate your honesty. I knew you'd give an honest answer. Um, I'm one person who tries to stay away from, from exploits as much as possible. But uh, I have seen me use it now and again, so people will understand that. Another thing I was going to quickly ask you there, John, just apart from the exploits, is you talked about formations. You know, I'm a, I'm a four-two-three-one guy. I have been for the last three or four editions of FIFA, and you, you see it all the time on TikTok or YouTube or Twitter. You know, meta, X. meta, oh, X, yeah, so old fashioned I am. Uh, meta tactics must learn tactics. I would say to people. You have a style of play that suits you. And as you've been playing the game for a certain period of time, that's your style of play. It's very difficult, you know, and, and switching up to these meta tactics, you know, sometimes can cause you more problems than they're actually worth. I know the likes of Artyom and Naif, they spend hours drilling and drilling the tactics, don't they, and get it down to a fine art. And then you've got Artyom there putting on YouTube 45 minutes videos of, how the game works, game clips, etc. as well. So, well, at one point I'm saying, be very careful. There is people out there who are master formation builders. Yeah, with tactics, you've seen this year that there are no tactics that stay overpowered long, if that makes sense. Whenever mm -hmm. a formation came in and sort of determined the meta this year, if it's 3 4 one, two, it was a 4 one, two, one, two, narrow, 4 three, two, one, we saw, we saw the 3 five, two again. 5 three, two, of course, went back. It's always because it sort of counters and catches the current metal of guard, but it's not because it's way better or too strong to be in the game. I think this year has shown a pretty good balance in formation that shows that everything's viable, but not against everything as well. Mm. Uh, it, this year is pretty like Archer made 20 0 with a 5 4 1 or with a 4 5 1, 4 5 1, I think, even. Uh, I made an 19-1, I, I made a 19-1 with a 3-5-2. But that doesn't, like, it's just lucky because everyone else played a 4-1-2-1-2 narrow and just seemed to figure it work a little bit better against that, right? So if I played a 5 at the back formation with overlapping fullbacks, I'll probably beat losing 3 extra at least. So it's also a bit of lucky there. So try those formations. We will, of course, put them out earlier for the Patreons as well when we have them. Arsham's videos are really good, very detailed, because he shows how you have to play with that and what the weaknesses are and what you have to be careful for, uh, how to use it. Uh, and they are proven to be um, top level as well. But the thing about his tactics usually are that they are also very much surprising against other. And if I start a new, new game, it is a pretty boring 4 2 3 one or for me, sometimes even a 3-5-2 after two, three weeks because I quite like just playing with three uh, center defenders. Um, but that's, like you said, it's just my play style, which mm -hmm. is 
fast play, but switching sides a lot and making sure my defense is always in order. So I think that that goes. I need I need one or two CDMs at least, probably two. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that helps a bit. But yeah, again, try it, but don't think there's one formation to rule them all. Uh, this year's shown that that's definitely not the case, and I'm not expecting that to, to change. I think they got this now figured out pretty decently. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I hope so. We got a question sent in uh, from our dear friend Nick, who also made a Patreon summer series with you, Chris. Yes. Um, Nick says, can you see an end to leaks with the upcoming EAFC? And if not, why not? Leaks. Nick's talking about content leaks, right? Content leaks. <laughs> leaks says, did he see her leaks there? Sorry, I missed her. Yeah, leaks. Leaks. Like- What's coming out next week? It's, it's noticeable that it's actually dropped off considerably as well. I mean, I'm somebody who likes to go and check for, for leaks a lot. Um, yeah, I think I think it, I think it might be. I mean, let's be honest. We all you just have to go and look at the biggest leakers out there, and you'll see that they have how many subscribers have got. So I'm not going to decry these guys because I'm one person who actually uses them uh, a lot. But there has definitely dropped off for sure. I think you can't stop leaks because all it needs is <laughs> is someone to share the info, right? And there's so many ways of sharing info these days uh, without being able to track it. It's impossible to figure that out. Uh, and with companies as big as EA, where all not all, but many promotions or marketing is, of course, outsourced as well, there's bound to be information going left, right? Well, we knew what the formation, what the pro setup would be before the pro setup got pitch notes, right? Mm-hmm. The information has to be published there, and before it actually gets published, there's a time in between. If you have someone on the inside somewhere touching that, even if it's a graphic designer or a cleaner at one of those companies, <laughs> you probably have the info out. So I don't think you can actually stop leaks. Um, you can stop it if they like would in-source everything again, but leaks never hurt EA. No. Leaks always create more hype towards a promo. So there's always, there's also no reason to um, get the leaks, how do you say it? Get the leaks destroyed, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's no point putting, trying to put a stop to the, the leaks, you know, you, because as you say, a lot of people don't really understand is that a lot of the work is outsourced. So there's marketing departments throughout the world. Uh, there'll be people who uh, translate, you know, into yeah. other languages as well. Um, so who knows? It's hard to, to pinpoint where that comes from. They always say, if you want to keep a secret, don't tell anybody. Um, so that probably is, as I'd stick with that That's adage. It, eh? Exactly. So, I mean, I think, I, have, I don't find up, I don't have a problem with the leaks. Um, I, you know, and I'm hoping that... Uh, I'd like to see just on the leak side of it. The leaks come from so, having so many promos. That's the problem. And and I wonder if us as a community are now used to having a promo almost every week. You know, uh, you know, it's maybe two weeks maximum each promo. But you get to the end of the two weeks, and we've always said this on on Foot Reviewers. By the time the next promo comes along, you've not even used those players that you got for the, the last one. You're already wanting to change them up. So there's a bit of that. So whether we as a community will accept potentially a month's promo, I don't know. It'd be interesting for them to try it. Nah, we won't. No, We've I had four so. weeks of uh, shape-shifting and that was too much. Eh? So, But I think that's what, like... I wanted to make... I wanted to get back on that topic because I think you're saying, oh, we... I already want the next new thing before having to mm. use the old one thing. I think that's like the the FOMO or do you want to really keep up? But this year also shown that between promo two and promo six, the difference in players itself wasn't that big. The power level crept up and not mm. jumped up, but really crept up. And this year I'm going to be more critical while discussing SPCs or players coming out in teams like, okay, it looks cool, but is he so much better than his current card? Or is it so much better... I should say not his, but their current card, yes. of course. Uh, they're going to take me a little bit of a while, but I, I, will be, I will pay much more attention to that. Uh, so comparing to normal cards, comparing to the current power level where we're at, 
that's where I'm going to base more of my talking points when reviewing cards this year, I think. Because I think we're very, like, these guys is often on a bench. They open a couple of packs and there was, it was a shapeshifter or there was a card in Gutsu card, a right winger Gutsu. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that card before because also I was probably in holiday when that arrived. But that card doesn't even look that bad. Right? It's not 1990, 94 or something, I think. 94 years. Like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of these cards, which people don't actually even use. But if you compare it to what they are using now, okay, maybe now it's like, but like two weeks ago, that wasn't actually too bad. You could probably still use those cards. So I'm going to be a little bit more critical being that. Mm-hmm. Nick also asked, though, with an increasing amount of senior foot players seemingly packing it before FC 24, what, if any, consequences does it bear on the rest of us without them? So this is the, the players who are dropping off the, the game at the moment. Yeah, of course, there's a lot of pro players or content creators maybe dropping off. I mean... Mainly pro players. <laughs> I, I played weekend league, the last two weekend leagues. So the last weekend was the first time, I think, as, as I say, in about six weeks, I actually picked the game up and decided to play uh, simply because I had 99 Haaland in the team. Um and the level was, was fairly decent, but I wasn't coming up against pro players. I mean, you know right away, you know, I watched someone like, uh, you know, Anna, who's been on our stream. She plays a different brand of FIFA that I can play. The speed that she plays at, uh, I just can't compete with that. And I'd know myself if I was coming up against a pro player. So I think coming up against pro players, I don't see many of uh, mm. uh, those guys on their content creators. Well, it's just a hit and miss if they're, if they're great players or not. There is... I'm just going to jump in here, right, for a second, because I think he means there's a lot of players that are deciding not to go into EFC. Oh, EFC. Yeah, I... so they are, like, if they're at the break, they can now, or, or that doesn't matter. But in EFC, they already decided they're not going to be able to play or they won't be playing professionally for that. And I think the biggest point there is the new pro structure doesn't allow for too many players having a proper salary anymore mm-hmm. uh, because clubs just say, hey, you either play for us and you get this, you get peanuts. Well, and if you pay someone peanuts, you get monkeys. So the pro players say, you know what? Yeah, I'll, f- I'll find another career. And they might be going full-time content creators or find something else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, for the non-pro players, I don't think you'll notice too much of a difference though. Hmm. Apologies to him. I misunderstood his question. Apologies to him. I, I think it's sad, John. I think it's sad. I think um, I think it was Strike Force. I think it was at an event in Hamburg. Uh, and I, what happened to follow is a as a radio DJ here called OJ Borg. I think he hosts it, and he happened to post something on X. I won't call it Twitter. And mm-hmm. that event was almost like a concert. It was unbelievable the amount of people that went to watch an esports game. You've got the world's game at your fingertips at the moment. Why is why is the, the, the professional side of the esports of uh, foot or FIFA, as we want to call it, why is that no massive? Why are they not attracting a bigger audience in what they're doing? There's definitely something being mismanaged there. Yeah, it's a, it's a waste. And, um, like... The new format basically says, players, you have a couple of m- months to go for four available spots for the World Championship if you're not a, in a club. So if you're for an organization, let's say you play for foot coaching or foot whiz, team gullet, whatever. Um, there's four players in total eligible for the World Championship at the end of the year. Right? That's it. All the other players, 28 players left, those players are, come to national official leagues, which mm-hmm. clubs like professional teams, uh, Ajax, Feyenoord, even you call them, those teams, they have to forward a player to participate and those get those spots. That means the organizations, like for example, uh, foot coaching, they can hire a player for a season, but I only would have something for a player like the first three months, then I have to put them at a team, at a club, and hopefully the club pays us enough to keep a salary going. If the club say, hey, I don't want to pay a salary, I still have nine months of salary for the player to go. And if the club says, hey, I'll pay half, I actually have to do it because else 
there's no way of me letting those players actually play on a competitive level or make a chance for the world championship. Usually we had the whole year to play FGS qualifiers organizations and get spots in and playing for clubs was an extra benefit. Now it's a requirement almost to do so. So all the power is now at the clubs, which makes it really hard to promise a player something, but also the risk of actually not getting anything is very large as well. So I know players that play for organizations and uh, like I said, I'm trying to get some guests on who can freely talk about this because I'm not going to, I can't say anything about contracts which aren't not signed with us, of course, um, that now get half of the salary they had last year because now the club offers them a direct salary where last year they were signed to an organization that get hired towards the club, right? Mm. So now they have to do the same amount of work without security for half of the amount of um, salary they get and getting le <laughs> less chances to actually make the final world championship as well. I think it's easier this year because of the new division system to get your name out there, right? So if you're on a certain level, you go with those pro divisions, you get a pro ladder so you can show yourself or as a content creator that is also a good player, you might have a little bit of need. I wouldn't say easier time, but there's a better option to get your name out there. But the problem is you get your name out there and then you probably need to get signed by a club directly. Clubs don't know esports. That's where the organizations were for. And clubs don't really have a benefit from getting good players in yet because like one, they don't know the value and two, they have no uh, experiences with managing an esports organization because that's totally new. So I can see the level going down. But then again, if I'm quite honest, not many people watch professional FIFA. <laughs> so all the discussion, which is a, like a heartache for me and also for the business, of course, right? Because we help those organizations. The regular FIFA players is actually not noticing too much. Of mm -hmm. Which is also sad. <laughs> so, so, I mean... Again, I'm sure my ignorance. How that makes a little bit sense. I'm trying to make no, it. No, it does. It makes sense to me, John. But my, my question is then: if you've got the world's game, and you're the premier um, publisher of this game, right? There's no other football games out there that really compete with, with EA. Why are things like the, the games, you know, is it League of Legends as well, getting massive audience, live audiences? What is it they're doing differently? that EA seem to have missed the boat on? I think storytelling is a big part of any entertainment factor, uh, including esports. So if you have a team to root for or players that have a, like actual team players that have a story, uh, you tell that story well, you base all your content around those stories or all those personalities, suddenly you have someone to cheer for, suddenly you have something to go for. Mm -hmm. The approach... EA takes now is uh, it doesn't matter because you are a Rangers fan. You celebrate Rangers anyways, mm -hmm. right? So you yeah. won't, you don't even know the esport player for Rangers. Yeah, that's true, right? Mm -hmm. And if you see a see a um, uh, a female or a male esport player sitting there next year, you probably don't even know the name. You're thinking about Rangers, mm -hmm. right? Which if they get beaten, ah, it's okay. If they get through it's like oh fuck rangers won which is a little bit of a different story because if normally team wins you know in league of legends okay which five players are on the team and did you see that play by this player it was amazing so did you see the captain that shout out who said you have we had to do this and they did it they celebrate together it's a much better story to tell so i think it's esports or any sports or any um entertainment competitive thing starts with storytelling if you look at Formula One, we all know the drivers. Mm -hmm. We cheer for a driver and also for a team. We cheer for a driver. We know what's on stake. We know where they came from. What's the backstory? You know, oh, Nick DeVries. Nobody knows Nick DeVries, but they damn well know this year his story, right? Got in, perfect, got fired, or what happened there? And people know the story. Esports in FIFA, there's nothing there. No. And I think that's where it has to start first. Tell stories about your players, tell stories who are your players. But I think the current structure makes it also really hard because players are now, the esport players, the athletes are now just numbers or a requirement for the clubs to participate in. 
And do you see clubs pushing it really hard? Not really. But I see the same clubs complaining about the fact they can't get youth into their uh, into the stadium, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's definitely a missed opportunity there on more multiple sites. But it has to go hand in hand. I think that experience is what the organizations have, but they sort of got put offside now. And we see it, right? I don't know. We, uh, we haven't discussed it, but I don't know what happened, for example, with Foothead. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I can see that happen to more sites, more organizations, because it's a hard thing to get in, mm-hmm. to get to get right. So. No, I get that. And I just want to just correct myself. It's actually Counter-Strike. Apologies to OJ Borg. I've happened to pull up his tweet uh, when you were talking there, John. And I mean, generally, it looks like a rock concert. It looks like Coldplay's playing. I mean, this is just something that I've never seen before. And it was an eye-opener for me, someone who's not into esports, to see the amount of people that's went to this event. And I'm thinking, as you say, if they told the story of the players and they made it a big deal, you know, the FIFA World Cup and it became a big thing. I think people would want to watch it. Do you know what I mean? Because you want to watch yeah. people do things that... I always want... When I watch sport, I want to watch people, watch people do things that I can't do. Yeah? That's why I watch it, most sports because I can't do that myself. And if the FIFA is exciting, then I'd certainly want to watch it. Well, look at the amount of time. We discuss players every week on FIFA and then take a deep dive into the players and we know the players because we know where they come from, how they worked. But if you look at the, my other passion, of course, Formula One, if you look at Formula One, you sometimes see statistics being pushed on the broadcast. It can be anything. Favorite music from this driver is this. Like, I don't care. Well, actually, people do care, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, because I, I got that in common with that driver. That's actually pretty fun. First race driven 10 years ago, exactly. Uh, 15 win in a row, whatever. I don't know, 10 win in a row and most stop. All these things, they keep pushing the little hints of information, but it's always based on a driver about telling a story. Hey, uh, McLaren, 60, uh, 60 years of racing. Uh, Ferrari, 1,000 race. You know, it keeps pushing those, those narratives, keep pushing those stories, and then you get hooked, then you get in. We're going to a Rocket League, uh, or I'm going to a Rocket League tournament in October. I don't have anything like with Rocket League, but I, I've seen, I've talked to some coaches there. I like the way they, the Nenis goes, for example. But it's basically football, right? Well, I, only with cars. Mm. But the stories these players tell, the, the, how, how much information there is about players themselves, I think that's a crucial difference. So that's something we'll be looking at. But I'm looking forward to going in there. And, and yeah, if you come there, you can play yourself. You can talk to the players. You can... Uh, get merchandise from the players. There's videos being broadcast about their matches or the highlights of the last month, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. If you come into a FIFA tournament, there's probably the players sitting there. You can't reach them and you don't may, might not even know who they are unless they are content creators. No, I, I get that. I, I just think, as I say, I think EA and uh, people whose players like us might say, well, what does it matter about the, the pro scene? But actually, this is the premier part of our, our game that we all love to play. This is the 1% of the 1%. And uh, if these people have nowhere to go, it's disappointing. And it's a shame. Like I said, biggest sport in the world. should mm. get a good podium online as well. <laughs> Definitely. I will. Chris, my friend, do you have anything you wanted to add? No, I just I just wanted to say to people and and, and you know... They'll go, here he goes, banging on again about the Patreon and the Discord. But this is... we got some I, emails from about you, though. I hope it's fine. It's no problem. Send them to me. I'm happy to reply to them. You get this content for free, and we love our dear listeners. Thank you so much to our dear listeners out there, especially those that give us five-star reviews, um, for sure. But I just wanted to say, this is an ideal time now to think about joining the Patreon, joining the Discord. Um, not only do you support the show, but it's a great um, wealth of knowledge in there as well from guys like Gingvey, Nathan, Artyom, Wimby. I can name loads of them. But actually, it's also a place where you can go and ask, has MD used this player? Is he worth doing? Is it worth doing this SBC? And you'll always get an answer to it. It doesn't matter who you are in the Discord. We are all equal in there. It is one big community. Um, so it's a great time to start. If you're listening to this show, if you've just found it and you're wondering what the Discord is and the Patreon is, it's an online community for people. Who, who love the game. If you listen to the show, then clearly you love the game. 
Otherwise, you've stumbled upon somebody you're wondering, who's this guy with a Scottish accent talking about FIFA? Come in and join us. It's well worth doing. I appreciate you saying that, of course. Uh, talk about community. I have one more announcement, uh, which I'm very happy with, but I know 99% of people don't really care about it, but still, I wanted to bring it out there. Uh, transcripts. So every single word we say here, you can, of course, listen to, and you are listening to this if you're listening to this. But we also know it's not always easy to either follow one of our accents. <laughs> Hello, says, says the Dutch guy. <laughs> or uh, I'm not going to talk about Scottish, but um, I can definitely have no what the problem could be with mine. But I'm trying, guys. I'm really trying. Um, but also, sometimes you just, like, there are people that are not able to hear that much, right? It's just, mm -hmm. it's how it is. So what we do is we want, we create transcripts from our whole show. So every single sentence we say, we're just going to put it into text. And when the, the, the show actually comes out live on uh, Tuesday, 6 p.m. UK and Saturday, 6 p.m. UK, and you go to foodandreview.com, you can just find the episode, click on the episode, it always turns on top, new episode, you click it, and it shows the transcripts available. The fully text, you can actually read along with what we're saying there. Um, might be able to push them out as subtitles somewhere along the line as well, but you can find everything there. And so we just want to make sure everyone that is willing to get the information we're putting out on the podcast can find the information there. And it's not just one press on the button to get it there. And even if it's just for that 1% of the possible listeners, it's now there. Go get it if you want it. Let us know what you think and if we need to improve on that. That's amazing, John. That is absolutely amazing. I have to say that's tremendous. I'm not sleeping anymore, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you can see that if you're watching the audio show or the video show on YouTube, though. <laughs> I will be. But, uh, I, will, I will be very disappointed if I'm the only person on the show who's got subtitles under his name. Though I have to say, I'm actually trying to do not do that for you this time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, very much appreciated, Chris. We are back this Friday um, with the recording. If you are Patreon, of course. Patreon.com forward slash food review. You get the show the moment we are done anything. And if you're not a Patreon, perfectly fine. We still very much appreciate you. But then the show will be live on the public feeds Saturday at 6 p.m. UK. It's one of the content releases. There's a podcast being released. If you're listening on Apple, Apple sometimes, oh, I love you guys, but you're sometimes a little bit slow. So it might take 20 minutes or something to be actually pushed there. But it will be there. 6, 6.30 maybe, but. Uh, definitely find it Saturday evening. Chris, one thing left to do, my friend. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it. F U C. F U C. F F F U C. F U T T T.